Hi, everyone. This is Patricia Negron filling in for Evelyn Pringle's Trisha and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Uh, today, I want to talk about the global push toward totalitarian control being used to effectively reduce the population. While that sounds incredibly um, outrageous on its face, and understandably, normal people don't conceive of these kinds of things, um, the evidence is overwhelming that we are under assault on numerous fronts by a group of individuals who seek to exploit uh, the, the planet's resources using us and our um, taxes to do it and to benefit solely them. One of the things that Evelyn and I and Evelyn has done years of research on this, but one of the things that she and I speak about often is vaccines. This is especially important today because there is a move, there's a ton of propaganda out there right now pushing the idea that non-vaccination causes disease outbreaks. And there are a lot of things wrong with this whole narrative that's being spun in the public sphere. <clears throat> One of the things is that vaccines provide immunity. We're seeing over and over and over again that this is simply not the case. They do not provide immunity that even begins to compare to natural immunity. And one terrific example of this is a U.S. naval ship has had a measles outbreak ongoing for several months now. And when the, the outbreak first began, it was among vaccinated individuals. When you join the service, you have to get all new boosters and vaccines in addition to um, vaccines that are not used on the public at large and, of course, are untested. But I digress. So this, individual, these, this group of individuals who came down with the illness uh, were treated, the ship was kept in quarantine, and the other crew members were given boosters for uh, measles. Well, even after the rest of the ship received booster vaccinations, everyone, the outbreak continues, and those people continue to get sick. Okay, so this is this is a ongoing current example of the failure of the vaccine market to perform as is marketed to the rest of us. Another thing that has come out recently is that the CDC has recommended against the vaccination of children for MMR who live in households where with family members who have compromised immune systems 
Why would that be? Because when you receive a vaccine, you shed the virus for several days, maybe a week or more after receiving it, which means you're not sick or symptomatic, but you're still contagious. And so the people around you are still susceptible to infection. And that's why they recommend against it for those children with immune-compromised family members. So there goes your argument that it's the unvaccinated people making the vaccinated people sick because it is the vaccinated people that are going around shedding the virus without even showing any symptoms and they're moving, you know, in society as normal. Another really disturbing piece of information and evidence that has come forward within the last year is the result of a lawsuit by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who sued the Department of Health and Human Services to see the legally required biennial vaccine safety study surveys that the Department of Health and Human Services is required to submit to Congress. And this came about in 1987 as a result of the pharmaceutical industry being given immunity for vaccine injuries. Well, Robert F. Kennedy got his answer And it turns out that the Department of Health and Human Services, though required by law for more than 30 years, has never once submitted one of these surveys ever to Congress. Meanwhile, the number of vaccines recommended by the CDC for injection in our children has gone from somewhere around 10 to more than 70 now and this is with no safety data okay meanwhile the pharmaceutical industry has been found liable well actually it's the taxpayers who pay these um settlements but more than four billion dollars worth of vaccine injury settlements have been made since these pharmaceutical companies were given immunity. If these vaccines are safe, then what is that $4 billion worth of settlements being paid out for? Meanwhile, consider how difficult it is to even sue a pharmaceutical company, which means we know that those cases that did succeed represent only a tiny fraction of the actual injuries. And these are not children who developed a high fever and broke out in a rash. These are children who died or were permanently disabled by these vaccines. On her Facebook page, Evelyn has posted a story about how uh, the Gardasil vaccine in particular has been shown to be especially lethal, with many young women dropping dead within days after receiving this vaccination. And in fact, it appears there are about more than 270 so far just reported. And and this is clearly, you know that all these cases are never captured. 270 young women 
have died so far. And there are over 57,000 reports of adverse reactions to this vaccine. Now, Gardasil is a vaccine designed to prevent a viral infection that could possibly maybe one day um, develop into cancer. And somehow this is being sold as so serious that women need to risk death by getting this vaccine in order to to prevent the possibility of maybe one day developing this rare form of cancer. It makes no sense. Same with the measles vaccine. We're talking about a rash. Measles is not a deadly infection. It is an inconvenience, and those who who um, who received the infection naturally versus through a vaccine develop lifelong immunity, and it boosts their immune systems. Meanwhile, as I mentioned, the number of vaccines recommended for American children is somewhere in the neighborhood of 70, which is by far the largest number of recommended vaccines in the world. Well, the U.S. also happens to have the highest by far infant mortality rate. So if these vaccines are so effective at preventing infant deaths, why the hell are our children, our babies, dying at two to three times the rate of our peers? This is not a difference of five or ten percent. We're talking about multiples. Our babies die at two to three times the rate of other Western nations. Japan has the lowest recommended number of vaccines for children, and it also has the lowest infant mortality rate. They had two deaths from a measles vaccine in recent years and suspended that vaccine immediately as a result. The U.S. has had thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and yet we never once question the wisdom of giving these vaccines, and our children's doctors never once have bothered doing the research to identify the simple fact that there is no safety data, regardless of what the industry and officials claim. This is, you know, there's also a great new video out. Um, I'll try and share it on VK. I'm uh, I'm suspended on Facebook at the moment, but they disclose, and this is, this is right from the vaccine inserts. This is right from information reported by the CDC itself, that these vaccines contain kidney cells from monkeys. They contain aborted fetal tissue, blood serum. They contain um, chemicals, formaldehyde, and and all kinds of metals and other contaminants that would make your skin crawl. And none of this is disclosed. None of this has been tested for safety. And it is being injected in our children with, with casual aplomb. It's just horrifying. So now... We have all this propaganda going on, alleging that these 
um, outbreaks are are evidence that we need mandatory vaccinations. And this is also happening as um, journalists are uncovering the propaganda where, for example, an infant, a stock photo of an infant has been doctored to appear as though the infant is infected with measles, and it's done entirely through digital means. And this is being used as the, you know, image to scare people into getting their children vaccinated. Zero children have died from measles in the last 10 years or so. I believe more than 100 have died from the vaccine. So again, I ask you, where is the logic in there that vaccines save lives? It simply is, it's a complete fallacy. Well, this scare tactic um, is being applied in New York right now where a community of Orthodox Jews has been put under quarantine because they oppose vaccinations, and um, there's been a measles outbreak. Well, this outbreak has been characterized as, a you know, more than 100. It's been characterized as among the non-vaccinated community, and it is a health um a health, immediate health risk, okay? We're talking about a rash, mind you. Then it turns out that, in fact, there is not a break, an outbreak of 100 or more. It's about five individuals have come down with measles. And not only that, it's not the unvaccinated population that has come down with measles. It is the vaccinated population that has come down with measles. So now these Orthodox Jewish families have been put under quarantine during Passover, mind you, in New York, and now they're fining parents for not getting their children vaccinated. Three families have already been fined $1,000 for refusing to vaccinate their children. At the very same time, we have legislation making its way through Congress in secret. These hearings are all closed to the public. They are closed even to Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who was the one who sued the Department of Health and Human Services, only to learn that there is no safety data for these vaccines. And the president himself, who had originally appointed Robert F. Kennedy as the point man for dealing with um, the vaccine safety issue has now told him that he no longer needs that help. Well, it should not strike anyone as coincidence that this national mandatory vaccine legislation also happens to be making its way through Congress while this test case in New York is underway regarding the viability of mandatory vaccination laws. So this, you know, these are bioweapons. They are deadly, as we see over and over again. They cause permanent disabilities. They are nothing like health care. They are poison. And there is literally no evidence to support their use. They might as well be dropping bombs on us because these are weapons that are being used deliberately to poison and kill 
civilians. It, this is the same thing with the geoengineering. They are deliberately spraying neurotoxins by the millions of tons into the skies, knowing that it will make its way to Earth, into our water systems, into our food systems. We will breathe it. it it's covering everything. And again, while these bombs are not exploding and killing us, they are, they are chemical weapons and they are bombs nonetheless, though we are dying slowly, not in an instant when they are being dropped on us. This program has been going on for decades, and it, it was five years ago or more that Harvard University geoengineering professor David Keith was making the rounds on Stephen Colbert and um, Ellen DeGeneres' show to talk about this fabulous idea for solar radiation management, which was supposed to combat global warming. Well, there are a number of problems with this. Um, first of all, when, since when did the sun have anything to do with climate change and global warming? We've been told for 30 years now that it's from carbon dioxide emissions. And <clears throat> if your problem is excess emissions in the atmosphere, what the hell are you doing spraying more emissions into the atmosphere, much less neurotoxic ones. At the same time, if climate change and global warming is caused by too much CO2 in the atmosphere, then the most effective way to remove that CO2 is through plant growth because you also get food when you grow plants. Well, if you're spraying aluminum and barium into the sky to reflect the sun back up, that means less sun is going to be reaching the earth. And that means less food will be produced as a result. And it will mean that less CO2 emissions will be removed from the atmosphere. So this whole ridiculous notion of solar radiation management to, to combat global warming, again, is a complete fucking farce. There is nothing legitimate about that. And it was John Brennan himself who got up in front of the Council on Foreign Relations, which we all know is headed by a bunch of billionaires who set policy dictating what happens to the rest of us in order to benefit themselves. Well, this is a $10 billion a year Pentagon program that we are paying for to poison us. All NATO countries are getting this treatment. David Keith, the Harvard geoengineering professor himself, touts the idea that tens of thousands of people will die as a result of this every year as a result of this spraying through you know, poisoning and um, reduced food supply. Yet, somehow, this is still being undertaken and people are just going along as though it somehow makes any sense. One other thing 
Uh, back to the vaccines, actually, I want to make sure I mention, too, there's, speaking of the Pentagon, there's also a $2 billion a year Pentagon program that Dilyana Gatenzieva uncovered that is operating in 25 nations tasked with creating lethal, incurable man-made viruses. Now, why on earth would the Pentagon need lethal, incurable, man-made viruses? And why would that be such a priority over things like health care for veterans, affordable college for Americans, adequate Social Security for the retired? I mean, this is another way for the pharmaceuticals industry to clean up. The Pentagon uses our tax money to create these scary new diseases. The pharma companies get the technology they need in order to create the uh, antidote, and we get to pay for it. They get to save us from this monster that they've created. It's just like the terrorism that the U.S. sponsors in the Mideast that they claim to be saving us all from. It's all complete bullshit. And the geoengineering is just yet another method. These, these are chemical weapons that are being used on us daily. They are bombs. and They are just as lethal. And we should be just as concerned about them as if they were Lockheed Martin missiles blowing up in our neighborhoods. Same thing with the... 5G networks, you know, and this is, it's just incredible how the the propaganda here where, you know, this whole idea of 5G is being sold as connectivity and faster download speeds and all this, you know, fabulous new technology when in the Pyeongchang Olympics in Korea recently, these 5G networks were used to control the wild pig population. Like, how could that be? If it's a, you know, wireless communications network, how could it control the wild pig population? Well, in an article published in Fortune magazine, they say specifically that these systems, these have fast-acting systems that shoot rays and spew gases. These are the 5G networks. What the hell has shooting rays and spewing gases got to do with connectivity exactly? And the other thing one should notice is that's just, you know, code for directed energy weapons. That's what rays are, shooting rays. That's a directed energy weapon. And spewing gases means chemical weapons. The other thing that's really important to notice about this whole thing is that wild pigs have a body mass and skin type similar to humans. 5G is also being used across China to monitor every move and interaction uh, among its citizens. 5G will track, it is going in in, on every neighborhood block. You won't be able to get away from it. And if it can shoot rays and spew gases at wild pigs, 
it can shoot rays and spew gases at you too. So, and if it has an effect on a wild pig, you're about, biologically, you're very similar to a pig, and it's going to have the same effect on you. These are microwaves that can sting, blister, or incinerate human flesh. These are systems that were used by the military in the Iraq war to cook the brains of Iraqi soldiers. The other thing is when you combine this 5G technology with the aluminum, one of the things that we saw and we heard reports by uh, firefighters and um, fire experts about how these uh, fires in California the last couple of years were so unique in that they were explosive. They would incinerate an entire house in an instant, and the firefighters would never even have a chance to fight it. And that was not, that is not a typical house fire that tends to burn more slowly. Well, one of the things that they discovered is that there's been an accumulation of aluminum dust all over California. Well, no, remember, I mentioned aluminum is one of the things that is being sprayed in this solar engine radiation management program. And what these firefighters say and fire experts say is that when high heat um, touches aluminum dust, it will explode. And that's what we've been witnessing so this, all of this dust that's being sprayed on us will make those rays that these 5G systems shoot cause us to be immediately incinerated and, you know, turn to dust like we saw these houses do. That does, you know, Grenfell Towers was, what, 20 stories or something in London, burned for 24 hours. And the frame of the building still stood after 24 hours of burning. These homes in California were turned to dust in less than a few hours. And even the porcelain and metal would be completely incinerated, though the surrounding trees and other brush would be unscathed. These are not fires that are natural. These are fires caused by directed energy weapons that are accelerated by the aluminum spray being dumped on us day in and day out. $10 billion a year of our taxes is going to a program that is spraying us with millions of tons of neurotoxins every day. Kristen Megan, a former U.S. Air Force bioenvironmental engineer, has a video on YouTube about her own experience in the U.S. Air Force in dealing with exactly these um, chemicals and their handling. And she herself is now a whistleblower regarding the military spraying 
of these neurotoxins into the skies by the millions of tons. So yet another, the, the vaccines, the geoengineering, the 5G, these are all weapons being used on us every day. Think about what happens when you put um, aluminum foil in a microwave. That's what would ha- That's what's being done to us. This aluminum spray is nanoized, which is also a very important detail, which means that it doesn't enter the body through normal means where it might be ingested and your liver could possibly filter some of it out and excrete it in your urine um, to minimize your exposure. Well, with nanoized aluminum, the, the molecules are so small that they will penetrate any cell wall. So they need not be ingested. They can make their way straight through your um, skin or when you inhale it, they'll go directly into your blood system and accumulate. And there's, there's nothing that your body can do to slow that process down. And it means that <clears throat> the aluminum will be distributed, again, throughout your body because those nanoparticles can move directly through, you know, vein, the cell walls and all the typical filtering systems that our bodies normally use to help prevent us from being poisoned in this way. Another way we're being assaulted is with glyphosate in all this GMO um, food. The evidence is overwhelming that intestinal issues like Crohn's disease, for example, and gluten, quote-unquote, intolerance, are more and more obviously connected to the presence of glyphosate in um, modern wheat, corn, and soy. Glyphosate works by causing the digestive systems of insects to explode. And that's effectively what happens to people with Crohn's disease. They have, you know, they, their digestive system simply cannot handle um, anything. And the, glyphosate, there was a, has been directly linked to cancer. A gentleman recently won a case, a gardener, who was exposed to cancer and de- to glyphosate and developed cancer. It was a record um, judgment against the company. There's, the evidence is overwhelming that glyphosate is poison, but it is being used throughout our food supply. And, you know, dozens and dozens of other countries have made it illegal because it is so dangerous. It is turning up in breast milk, in, um, in all kinds, in children. Everyone is getting exposed to this poison, and it's been leaked not only to cancer, but all kinds of other deadly illnesses. So, you know, it's in our skies, it's in these vaccines, it's in the water, it's with fluoride. Fluoride is a neurotoxin. 
the Cochrane Collaboration in 2014 or 15 published a story. There was a story about their work in uh, Newsweek magazine where they did an exhaustive review of all of the research done on the use of fluoride in municipal water systems and its effect on cavities. They, after searching all the years of available research, found only two studies that could be considered legitimate studies regarding the effectiveness of fluoride in the water treatment systems on cavities. Well, not only was there only two, were there only two of these studies, neither study provided any evidence that this was, in fact, true. And not only that, a further analysis of the data available revealed that two-thirds of black American children and one-third of white American children are suffering fluorosis which is a nice way of saying fluoride poisoning. Fluoride poisoning is known to lower IQ, cause ADHD, and other very serious health problems. It is a poison, and there is no evidence that it works to reduce cavities. And yet, how many of our municipalities still, still undertake this practice? This is the, and this was done by the Cochrane Collaboration. It is considered the gold standard of um, study reviews. And this came out in like 2014, 2000, 2015. You would think that all municipal fluoridation would have stopped immediately, but that is not the case. And what's interesting about this kind of thing is, like, you wonder, like, why would they do this? Like, what, you know, it just seems so bizarre that there are people in this world that would go around deliberately committing genocide. And, you know, these are not normal people. There is a legitimate pathology associated with extreme wealth. Extreme wealth is hoarding. It's, it's a hoarding illness like every other hoarding illness. There's not anything noble about it because it's money. In fact, it's almost even sicker because it's money. And we see, you know, these these are people who already are have so much money they couldn't they couldn't possibly spend it all in a single lifetime. Yet they are willing to kill babies, the elderly, you know to slaughter at will in order to make another buck. That's, that's what these people are. And the fluoridation thing seems to have come about because the chemical fertilizer producers, which kicked off right at the same time that um, municipal water fluoridation also coincidentally started. And fluoride just so happens to be one of the um, hazardous uh, waste products of the chemical fertilizer production process. And they needed a market for it. And they thought they could sell it to the public as a way to fight cavities, which they did. And that's why it's still going in our water systems. Why would we let 
you know, why would the pharmaceutical companies be allowed to poison us? Well, they're making money. They're they're getting through, you know, all these publicly funded vaccination programs. They're stealing our money to poison us. They're just making a buck. They do not care how they make it. They just are want more. And and nothing is ever enough for them. So these are also the same people who have been exposed time and time again behind the, much of the global child sex trafficking going on. The Bronfman sisters uh, are the latest examples of this. And recently, just after being charged with horrific crimes, RICO crimes, uh, human compromise operations, um, blackmail operations, child sex trafficking. They funded a sex cult to the tune of $100 million. And then they were allowed to, to plea to these ridiculous charges that will, you know, they'll maybe end up in jail for three, two, three, four years. And even then they can appeal those sentences. Meanwhile, the employees of this sex cult that were working at the behest of the billionaire Bronfman sisters are facing far more jail time for far more serious charges than the Bronfmans will. It was also revealed in the course of doing that case that all of the key people that we see in the news today were tied to that sex cult and human compromise operation. A gentleman by the name of Ben Zinkus came forward about a year and a half ago to tell his story of having attended one of these Nexium mixer parties back in 2007 or so with a, with a girlfriend of his where he described meeting uh, Anthony Weiner, Huma Abedin, the Bronfman sisters, uh, Stormy Daniels, her attorney, Michael Abinati, former New York Attorney General, Eric Schneiderman. Um, who else? The, the list goes on and on. Um, I mean, the, these were all the people that we know have been accused of being associated with these kinds of activities. They were all named as being present at this party. And, and I recall when Evelyn and I were interviewing him here on um, Focus on the Facts that, you know, it just seems so strange that, for example, Stormy Daniels would wind up and her attorney would, that was representing her currently would be at a party like this where the Bronxman sisters were also present more than 10 years ago. Well, we saw with the court proceedings around the Nexium, we learned that Michael Avenatti turns out to have been one of Claire Bronfman's attorneys, and it was never disclosed to the judge in the proceedings. And it was only after Michael Avenatti was uh, um, charged with tax evasion and other crimes that it became known to the judge. Well, there you have it. Michael Avenatti is indeed 
tied to the billionaire Bronfman sisters and the Nexium sex cult dating back more than 10 years. So all of this has been fully corroborated by official records. And we now see that this is far more sinister than any of us imagined, especially as we see these billionaires walk away from these crimes over and over again. Another example being that of Jeffrey Epstein, who faced multiple child sex trafficking charges himself 10 years ago and managed with the help of Alan Dershowitz, who is an advisor to the president and also now accused by two dozen girls of having been trafficked by Alan Dershowitz, got Jeffrey Epstein a plea deal for a single count of soliciting a minor, which meant the guy didn't even have to register as a sex offender. And it turns out that it was also revealed during the court proceedings for child sex trafficking that Jeffrey Epstein continued to traffic young girls, sex traffic young girls throughout. Well, more recently, a judge found that the plea deal was illegal and um, ordered that it be reviewed. Well, the, it, several weeks into these proceedings, this judge manages to turn up dead. So now everything has ground to a halt again. And that's what these guys do is they just delay, delay, delay and drag this stuff out, and then nothing ever happens. We also have this kind of thing, oh, Richard Branson was also tied to the Nexium sex trafficking cult um, and attended those parties. He's known to have attended those parties as well. These, this kind of activity could not go on without the express consent and support of these billionaires. There, there would be no market but for these billionaires. So, um, you know, just it, it, the examples of not only this conduct being rampant, uh, they just keep coming forward for us to see. But then we see a time and time again that these criminals walk away, that the system's are designed not only to allow it, but to protect them. And then the rest of us are the ones who go to jail for things like criticizing and blowing the whistle on this kind of thing, as we see with Julian Assange and Chelsea Manning. I think that's definitely something worth talking about because, you know, again, we're seeing rampant censorship on the vaccinations, people's accounts being suspended for daring to post content that questions the um, legitimacy of vaccines, um, you know, where any criticism of the government, Julian Assange is being framed just to shut him up. We saw uh, Mike Pompeo threatened the investigators of the International Criminal Court for daring to investigate U.S. war crimes in Afghanistan, he, would, he withdraws their visas and they drop their case. We are ruled by thugs. These guys are mafia thugs and they are looting us 
blind. They have no legitimacy whatsoever, and we need to stop participating in these systems that support them, and that includes the vote. I know, you know, we all like to imagine that if we do our civic duty, then, you know, we'll get change. Well, in 2015, the Electoral Integrity Project published a study that showed that ranks the U.S. dead last among 60 or more Western nations for electoral integrity. We were not second or third or even in the top half. We were dead last. Our electoral system has no integrity. We do not select the winners. The winners are chosen by a handful of very powerful, very wealthy people. And then you put that in the context of, you know, less than half of registered voters are registered either Democrat or Republican. Yet the 50 plus percent that aren't registered Democrat or Republican can't get a candidate on the ballot. The whole system is rigged. There is nothing legitimate about it. Ask yourself, when was the last time Congress passed legislation that did anything to serve the interest of the average American? Half our nation lives in poverty, at or near poverty. The official U.S. poverty statistics of 12 or 13 percent, which is very high, don't include the homeless, millions of homeless or incarcerated. I mean, the, the, our nation, our life expectancy is declining. We have the highest infant mortality rate among Western nations. We have the highest in, uh, maternal death rate among Western nations. 675,000 Americans go bankrupt every year paying for health care. Most Americans can't afford any health care at all, and those who have it can't afford to use it because of ridiculous co-pays and other fees associated, um, what are they called, where you, you have to pay a certain out-of-pocket amount before they'll even cover any of your visits every year. For a lot of people, that's $5,000 a year in out-of-pocket expenses on top of your monthly premiums before you can even use the health care. And meanwhile, this is the same administration claiming to want to help the hungry and homeless in Venezuela, right? The hungry and homeless that neither Ben Norton nor another group of journalists could find after spending a month separately in Venezuela looking for the homeless and hungry. They could not find them. Yet when they returned to New York and London from their reporting in Venezuela, in Venezuela, they saw within 24 hours numerous homeless and numerous people eating out of trash cans. It's all a scam. And we have to recognize that the systems that exist today are not available to us as a means for justice. And that we must stand up ourselves and throw off these systems. And one way to do it is not participating in the vote, not legitimizing an illegitimate system. 
something that Che Guevara, who's been demonized to us, um, you know, by the mainstream, and now I know why. Um, che, che Guevara was a physician who traveled all over Latin America, observing the poverty caused by Western imperialism. And he became a revolutionary as a result. When he wanted to find a way to stop it and help people protect themselves against imperialist colonialism. But one of the things that he talks about is the need for public education and how essential it is for people to understand exactly what it is that they're facing and the reality in which they are living. And one of the things he points out in addressing that challenge is that so long as a government maintains at least an appearance of constitutional legality, you won't have the conditions necessary for the people to understand the need for them to act themselves. And that's why not participating in the vote is an important way to do that. Because if, if so long as we participate, we give the appearance of legality. So one quote that I've been um, posting and reading uh, with some regularity, because I think it's really very important to hear uh, over and over again in order to process properly, um, it, it, it clarifies what, we need, what needs to happen, and very eloquently. Che says, quote, people must see clearly the futility of maintaining the fight for social goals within the framework of civil debate. When the forces of oppression come to maintain themselves in power against established law, peace is considered already broken, end quote. One great example of this is the what's going on in France with the Gilets Jaunes and the police brutality there. Now, you know, we've not only seen French police mutilate, disfigure, and blind dozens and dozens of unarmed, nonviolent protesters, but they've raided private locations and brutalized individuals in those locations <clears throat> They've done so without warrants or any cause to do so. They're, uh, now uh, one of the street medics has had his children kidnapped by authorities from him for daring to participate. This is fascism. This is fascism. This is what we're living under today. There should be no mistake about what we are doing right now. When your government is poisoning you systematically, spraying you with chemical weapons, injecting you with bioweapons, putting you know, poisons in your food, poisons in your water, sending your, your loved ones off to massacre innocent people, to make rich people 
people who already have more money than they could possibly spend to make yet another dollar. All the people, all the whistleblowers, all the journalists are the ones going to jail, not the criminals. Not one police officer in France has been held accountable for those injuries caused to the Gilet John. Not one. And none of it's being reported on mainstream media. Imagine if that were Venezuela. Imagine. And meanwhile, in Venezuela, where the U.S. was behind the power outage and the U.S. is behind these illegal crippling sanctions that do nothing but punish the population at large, tens of thousands have died at at the hands of the U.S. in Venezuela, not at the hands of Maduro. Meanwhile, one-third of the Venezuelan population is to the left of Maduro. And yet the U.S. is trying to tell us that what Venezuela needs is Guaido, friend of the private sector and the Rothschild. It's a total scam. Venezuela has the largest crude oil reserves in the world. It is a type of crude called extra dirty crude that only that the Koch brothers refineries can process. The Koch brothers want that oil. The U.S. has already stolen $1.3 billion worth of Venezuela's oil assets. And they've stolen, along with Great Britain and other Western allies, a total of $30 billion from Venezuela so far. The only hardship in Venezuela is that caused by the U.S. and its allies. And it's about fucking time we stand up to these people and say, enough, because they will not stop until we stop them. They have made that abundantly clear. Look what they did to John F. Kennedy Jr. Look what they did to the US Liber- USS Liberty. Look at what happened with 9-11. Look at what's going on in Palestine. I mean, these people are psychopaths, and it's really very important that the public understand that because none of it will make sense otherwise. Normal people do not think like this. And, of course, <clears throat> it seems impossible to believe. But these are not normal people. They are people without conscience. They are the super predators that Hillary Clinton so famously described to us. They are responsible for genocide. And they could not care less about you or me. The dollar is what they worship. And they will do, they will sell your baby's organs in order to make a buck. They don't care. It was reported by one of the international agencies that an estimated 18,000 Syrian children alone had been gutted and had their organs sold on the black market by Western sponsored terror groups in Syria. It's time. We all need to stand up and finally 
put our foot down and put an end to all of this. Thanks so much for joining, everyone. I'll be back with Evelyn Pringle next week for Trisha and Evie's Focus on the Facts. Have a wonderful week.